0: Greetings to all of our listeners wherever you are in the world. It is the world-famous international podcast by the fans, for the fans, the armchair football fans specifically, if you get me, man. It is your boy, the gracious host, Cal Sirius, alongside another gracious host, man, like...
1: Ash, what's happening?
0: Just feeling very good after a fantastic performance from Arsenal today, as I'm sure you are as well. How are you doing yourself, Ash?
1: You know what? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I've really expected us to, to, to beat Leicester today. And when the scores come in, which we'll talk about later on, it's not a surprise at the moment. So, yeah, like that side of things is cool. Play football myself. Shout out to the guys that play five-a-side. You know what I was on today. Uh, um. Yeah, one of the guys described it as Ronaldinho in his prime.
0: Woo! Ronaldinho esque today. Yeah, yeah, I got a is?
1: screenshot. I got the screenshots. I got the screenshots. I, I need to see um, video
0: clips. I need, I need to see some feet and some skills. No,
1: no, no, no. Word of mouth is enough. Word of mouth. <laughs> <up>. uh, <laughs> but no, I'm all right, man. I'm good. I'm good. Had a good weekend. So yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I'm,
0: spirits are up. It's how are you? Awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Um, And uh, we've actually got a special guest with us today, haven't we?
1: But yeah, special's a bit strong, in it? But, no, I'm joking. No, no, no. We definitely do. We haven't had a guest for a long time. Um, and this is a, 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 someone who I'd say has become a very, very close friend of mine. And um, we work together um, where I currently work now. He's he's subsequently moved on and really like, thriving in what he does. Um, but yeah, we have another Arsenal fan on today. His name is Adrian Binz. Uh, welcome to the Play On podcast. Long overdue um you wanted to come on for a long time to speak about arsenal and um yeah you couldn't have timed it <laughs> you couldn't have timed it any better could you
2: that's what it's all about timing timing so yeah thank you thank you for bringing me on and yeah i look forward to this
1: welcome um yeah this is going to be hilarious
0: <laughs> a very warm welcome to you adrian all right, all right, can you can you tell us a little bit more about your uh relationship with adrian uh because it seems like you guys go way back
1: yeah so um we both um worked for a charity called think forward um i met adrian back in april 2016 when i started and yeah we've just been like super close ever since um we literally speak every day um his school was around the corner from my school and he'd done the exact same job as me before leaving you left what two and a half years ago now in it
2: yeah, it's approaching. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Three years, by yeah, three years around August time this year. So that's correct. Um, yeah, like Adrian is one of the people who I learned a lot from. So when I came into the job, um, I knew a little bit about a little bit, but I definitely was able to observe him, see him work, and yeah, he was just like a great practitioner who I learned a lot from. So yeah, like it was genuinely like super cool to be able to have been in his presence.
0: That's dope, a very warm play on podcast, welcome to you Adrian, nice to have Ashley Sensei on the uh, on the podcast, and hopefully Sensei nah, is
1: Sensei's a bit strong, sensei's, <laughs> sensei's a bit strong, let's not do that, either. Sensei's a bit strong. But,
0: hopefully, um, hopefully you'll yeah, continue to be yeah, strong as, as, as we talk football. Help. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, today, I mean, wow, we've got some fantastic results that have happened recently. Um, oh,
1: we need so to really do um, the free The three um, describe his team in three words. Carry on. Yes. So we need you to describe Arsenal season in three words.
2: Do Miro call me? You, you, yeah. uh, as our uh, guest. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a die hard now. So Arteta, uh, I trust. That's my three words. You know, he's done a lot. Do you wanna elaborate a bit more on that? Well, you know, like I said, been watching him from he, when he came in. I was kind of like, I was a fan. I, I thought it was a good idea to take him on. And I think he's just slowly just built the the, the team that he wants. Um, and everyone's been a bit impatient. But slowly but surely, he's been plugging away. And then now it's become the team that he wants. And now everyone's starting to see the fruition of his work. But yeah, I'm just looking forward to that. So certain friends of mine, other Arsenal fans, just rubbing it in their face about, you know, how well he's doing and making them eat humble pie.
1: How you've always believed, you've always been like the positive Arsenal fan. How does it feel to essentially be yeah, like harvesting that like that good energy at the moment?
0: I'd like to think everybody knows that uh, I'm pragmatic, you know, I'm a realist, but at the same time, I do like to look toward the positive. I'm a, I'm more of a glass half full than half empty camp person. So for, I said from day one, you know, I would have wanted Carlo Ancelotti to replace and to succeed Arsene Wenger. But, you know, when we didn't get him, I was quite happy with Emery coming in. Things didn't work out, um, you know. Uh, Longberg in the interim was only for a short period of time. And Arteta coming in, I felt, I felt like he had the excellent profile and he had everything he needed to succeed. But him being a new manager, he was always going to have to learn on the job, wasn't he? Mm. So he's been doing that. We've seen we've seen that, and I'd like to think we've all seen that he has learned, and things are going very well. So I, I just I'm just happy that things are going well, and long may it continue to. Um, yes, but it's um, two against me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it's it's, it's, it's balance. Let's call it balance. Um, yeah. And hopefully, on a day like today, all Arsenal fans are going to be quite positive and positive. Oh, definitely, 100%. Um, but we'll come to Arsenal shortly. We've got a few results to get through. We've had a, a whole load of games in the week, and there's more to come next week. Um, there was some Champions League fixtures, but uh, let's just stick with the Premier League. So, the first fixture from this game week was on Thursday. We were talking Wolves 4 and Watford nil. Loads of goals. I didn't actually predict that kind of scoreline myself. Let's let's kick things off with our uh, our guest. Uh, did you get a chance to to watch any of that one, Eden?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I did watch some of that actually, and I think the, the scoreline was surprising. I think what um, Wolves were going to win, but them scoring four, I was pretty impressed by that because they've been struggling all season to get goals, really and truly. Really. Um, I'll I, I be honest, I think. Appointing Roy was a pointless task. I think they should have went with someone younger. I don't think Roy was the right appointment at all.
0: Strong words from Adrian there. Um, any any other thoughts to add on to that, Ash?
1: Yeah, no. I think I think we'll get into Watford a bit later on because of other things. But no, I think considering that Wolves, they've been a bit flaky. They don't really score many goals. So for them to wrap up four is probably the biggest surprise. Um but yeah, I, I'm. Um, I think. I think I'd like to see Wolves let their shackles go a little bit more because they've obviously got the the intention, like they've got the talent. So yeah, I, I think I think seeing more of like this free flowing Wolves would be that like, good for the Premier League.
0: Mm, I think Neves scored a, a pretty good goal from a long distance there um, and uh, seems to be hitting a little bit of a purple patch, maybe rediscovering his form from last season. But all going well for Bruno Large. It's been a a solid period for him since he's come in. Um, another game we can talk about is Southampton versus Newcastle. Southampton 1, Newcastle 2. Um, did you get a chance to see some of that one, Ash?
1: Yeah, and I think it's just it goes down to the good work again. I think for for them for Southampton to go one up, Newcastle to come back, win two one, it's just yeah, and it just kind of really can cons- like consolidates the good work that has been that's been happening um and there and um yeah, like great great stuff by Eddie Howe, another another win. I think again that was just. Taking their points totaled up to like, I think, is it like twenty-two out of twenty-four? Um, it's just, it's just stupid. Like I think only Liverpool have got better form than them at the moment. And Liverpool are doing all they can to win a title. So yeah, nice. No, excellent from Newcastle. And um Bruno Guimara's backhill was was outstanding. What a goal.
0: What a goal. Nice, nice to get a little bit of Brazilian flair into their team. Um so our eyebrows were raised. When Chris Wood signed for Newcastle, uh, Adrian, did uh did that signing catch you by surprise, or do you think yeah that's the kind of player you expected Eddie Howe to bring in to Newcastle?
2: You know what, I'll be honest. I think they had no choice but to sign and, um Chris Wood. I've, I just think what was available in the market, the current position that they were in, but it was, it was a good, it was a smart bit of business because they know what for that little bit of money he's gonna get you four or five goals possibly, maybe six important goals and a couple assists in there. So I think it was a, a decent bit of business, but he had no choice because Callum Wilson was out, um, what, St Maximum, he keeps on picking up little niggles here and there. So I think his hands were tired a bit there, but I think overall it's going to look like it's going to pay off for them. I just want to see what they're going to do next season because it, it kind of gives me a vibe of Everton. You know, like the, the, the whole buzz of the new you know, the new directors, owners, um, all excitement. But actually, when reality starts settling in again in terms of quality, the buzz, we we might be seeing another Everton next season if they don't make the right signings.
0: Mm, Maybe so. Um, On to Norwich versus Chelsea. That was Norwich 1-3 Chelsea. Sticking with Adrian now. Um, Are you... uh, I don't know. Are you hopeful that Norwich are going to be able to stay in the league? Look at this form getting absolutely spanked by Chelsea.
2: No way. No. Unfortunately, I think they just had the wrong setup, wrong players, wrong, wrong setup totally. And I don't think it was the manager's fault. I just think the signings just weren't the quality that they needed. Um, so n- no chance of them staying up. Um, but
0: not, not a huge, not a huge fan of Dean Smith either. Are
2: you? Nah, he's okay. He's OK, but I'm not a huge fan. I think I think you'll do all right and make them solid again um, to come back up. But I think there's a lot of work to be done there. A lot of work.
0: Yeah, definitely. Looks like it. Any, any uh, thoughts on that game, Ash?
1: Nah, just I'm really happy that Mason Mount decided to show up for my fantasy team. Um, I'm having an absolute mare this week as well. Um, so those points are very much needed. I brought him in late in the day um and he kind of rescued me so I'm looking for rescuing again so um to all the players who are in my fantasy team coming up please rescue me now but yeah now shout out to Mason Mount Ma. um and Habert seems to be hitting a, a really cool um um run of form as well so I think that was that would be free into, and two. Um, we'll speak about what he done a bit more in in detail today but yeah um it's good for Chelsea, and especially off the back of all the information because we didn't even know if that game was going to happen at one stage mm. because of the news relating re- um, to the Ukraine and that.
0: Mm. We'll be talking Chelsea shortly. On the topic of fantasy football, uh, are you playing, Adrian? Yeah,
2: I'm playing. I'm playing at the moment. I'm in a little office league at the moment, so the loser has to buy everyone Nando's. There's about 15 people in the league. I like um, that. So, so at the moment, I'm telling the guy who's bottom, I can give you overtime you know, to make sure you can pay for everyone. People say, like, no holds bar, so going back for refills and everything, you
0: know. <laughs> I like that. Um, we might have to add you into the uh, the BRB Podcast League as well if you're up for that. Um, oh, we definitely. definitely like a bit of FPO over here. Um, I must say I'm actually doing all right. I've got just about more points than the average at the moment. But well, let's see because it's uh, a bit of a double game week, so we've got a couple more games to go. Let's see how that works out. Um, moving on We've got Leeds Neil Aston Villa Three Things are not Working out In the post Bielsa Error Ash What do you make of this one?
1: I don't think They should have signed him I don't think They should have sacked him um, I think There's just Key players Who have been missing Key injuries That have kind of Taken place Throughout the time I feel like If he was able To get the team out The key figure Of Calvin Phillips Bamford and Cooper there his spine, I think they're a completely different side Um, I believe that it's I believe that it's going to be a very interesting few weeks for Leeds got some difficult games to kind of come up um, but the one thing I do know is once they get those plays back they're going to be a huge huge problem Um, the issue for them is just that they've got They've got so many games. People have so many games in hand over them. But um, but yeah, great win for Villa. And Matty Cash with a really good goal. Like, really, really good goal. But the goal of the game was Callum Chambers. That reverse whip into the top corner is the kind of goal that you love to score. You know, people talk about, like, oh, I want to score, like, 35 yarders or stuff like that. I, I prefer a technical goal like that, if that makes sense. Because you could just kind of, like, hit the ball really hard and hope it goes in. That was completely... Planned, postage stamp. Probably didn't even feel the ball hit like Leafy's foot. Because when you when you hit a ball properly, that's how it feels. And he just wrapped it into the into the far post. Um, that goal was stunning. So yeah. Yeah, that was that was big. That was probably the best goal of the weekend but the, of the week, even though we spoke about Gomares's exceptional um back kill earlier on.
0: Interesting to see Gerard utilising Callum Chambers as a centre-half in a back four. As an Arsenal fan, Adrian, were you surprised to see Chambers playing centre-half in a back four and popping up with such a quality finish as Ash just highlighted?
2: You know what, I'll be honest, no, because I think technically Chambers is up there with pretty much all the centre-backs technically. I think um, the only thing is he's not aggressive enough. So I think over the next few games, let's see how aggressive he can be, and maybe Gerard will instill that in him. I just felt he lacked the aggression in his game, and I think that's why he ended up leaving Arsenal. Because I think technically he, he's better than Holding, and he, actually I think he's not too far from White, but he just lacks the aggression. So yeah, but I look forward to seeing him because I I liked him as a player. And I think he's one of those ones who could play DM or see um centre back. No,
1: so nah, he's I mean, not. Good. He's not good enough to play DM. He's not good enough. Because okay. we got no what the thing about playing DM as well is, and I think we saw it especially last season when some of the DMs went to play centre back. And there's a very special skill set to play DM well. Like you can fill in for a game or two, but to actually play DM is very different. So like, if you really need to bring someone into to bolster for ten minutes, that's one thing. But the angles, how you receive the ball, what you're passing, should like that, like, like should look like the intent of your passing. Being able to kind of remember, you're not really marking anyone as a centre back. You mark someone as a DM. You don't mark someone. You you occupy spaces. And as much as he as much as he may be technically there, his mentality and his mindset has always been the one thing that's let him down. And his concentration. So I don't think he's good enough to play there. I think he just needs to focus on playing centre-back. And then we'll see a a good Premier League centre-back come from that.
2: And I agree with you, Dier. But my thing was what I saw of him technically in games. And how he can receive the ball. How he can play passes. But I think his thought was he could play three positions. DM, Mm right-back and centre-back. Remember for Southampton, he was playing DM for them.
1: Yeah, but but at, but at, at what level? And that's what I'm saying. He's never mastered anything. So all he's done is even on all his le- all his um all his um loans, he's just been going all over the place and just playing everywhere and never been consistent in any position. So for me, if they're saying centre back, boom, just play centre back. Play centre back for a season, master that, yeah, and then and then do that. Do you see what I'm saying? Because otherwise, all he's so. gonna do is spend the rest of his career just moving around three different positions and never being good at any at, at, at any
2: one of them really. Yeah, and hopefully well, Gerard
0: will just stick him there, keep him there. Nice to finish on uh, Gerard because I think he does deserve some praise for the good start he's had at Aston Villa. A great 3 0 victory for Gerard and his team against Leeds. Moving on to Saturday's fixtures, we've got Brighton nil and Liverpool 2. Wasn't so sure if Salah was going to get on the uh, score sheet after hitting the post a couple of times in the Champions League in the week, but he made it. Did it, um, Adrian? Your thoughts on uh, on that game and Mo Salah maybe in particular?
2: You know what? I think Mo Salah has just been in the, you know the form of the season. Like he's been very good in terms of how he's played all season, um, and he's just been it. His numbers are there, but actually I think he played better this season. He's played better than he did last season. Actually, I mm, think yeah. he's just been a threat all the way through. Constantly, you could just turn to him whether it's getting a free kick, setting up a goal, or scoring the goal. Um I've been really impressed by him this season. He's been standout for me. And
0: Liverpool just didn't the
2: best.
0: So most definitely. Even though um in Liverpool lost to Inter they did kind of win the tie. Uh uh but um they managed to um to get a couple of goals against Brighton and who have absolutely shocking form. It's looking like five defeats on the bounce for Brighton. Ash, talk to me. What's going on?
1: Yeah, it's tight for them still. Um, just not scoring enough goals. Um, they had some really good chances, but just didn't have the conviction. And yeah, Liverpool just done what they always do, which is just get get ahead, see the game out, get a second, and then just literally lock the game down. So um, yeah, no, it was a good. It was a, it was a very professional performance from Liverpool.
0: Possibly the most professional team in the league. They don't mess about. I do like the recruitment. And this Luis Diaz is, is scoring some oh, really baby. nice goals. Way playing baby. some really good football. Yeah. I, I think he could be a real one to watch and maybe a huge Force for Liverpool next season. Can I the market. can I say something now? Start in
1: eleven. Go for it. Yeah. Can I say something? I think what they've done is, and this was the one thing that I really went like, went against Liverpool was just that reliance on the front three. And when you it used to be Shaqiri, Origi and like Minamino, right? They were like the next the next ones after that. But obviously, with Firmino's lack of goals, they had to kind of come up with other. Um, solutions. Mane and Salah are not maybe as quick or as like kind of dynamic as they were previously. Like I thought, especially with Salah, he's still dynamic when he's got the ball, got attacking, but he isn't making as many like lung-busting runs off the ball as he used to. So what did they do? They they went and got Jota, who's like good with movement, and then they got another live wire. So all all Klopp has done is he's reinvigorated the pace in the thing because Diaz in transition is a madness. He is an absolute madness, and the joke is he's not even settled in the league yet. Next year, he's going to be even better,
0: most definitely. And maybe that competition will give Mane and Salah a little kick up yeah. the backside and inspire some better performances out of them now that they've got young Diaz breathing down their necks. Yeah, um, you, you had I a point. I when think you're right about on
1: Salah there, him, yeah. Yeah, just, I think, yeah, I just think with Salah as well, just like we said, Adrian echoed a point that I made, I think, a couple of podcasts ago. The Salah we're seeing now is a more complete Salah. Even the fact of, like, how he's, like, trying to pass more, how he's kind of linking up as well. Like, he's not just, he's not just making those lung-busting runs and trying to only score. He's still greedy, don't get me wrong, but he's now greedy with a purpose. It's not just for his numbers, it's to actually do stuff for the team. And actually, what he's realised is that by him being a bit like him passing it off, he's got so many players, like he attracts more attention than anyone else in the Liverpool team, which then means that other players then have the ability to to be able to kind of get stuff and to be able to kind of score. What you've got to remember is the three top scorers in the league so far is Salah with 20, Mane with twelve and Jota with twelve, like yeah. and now we've and now we've got Diaz coming. Now we've got Firmino. It's just it's absolutely ridiculous. But one other point I just want to make. I just want to give a massive shout out to Isaac, um, who attended his first ever live Liverpool game. So um, him, he, him and my son used to go swimming together, and like. His dad, Ian, and I became really close friends. So he was able to take him down to Brighton for his very first game, and he had a really great time. So I just want to give Isaac a massive shout because that was like a late birthday present for him. So yeah, good stuff on, good stuff for little Isaac.
0: Big up to Isaac. While we're doing shout-outs, another shout-out to Matip, the Premier League player of the month. Had some great performances for Liverpool. It's nice to see defenders getting recognised in those things, because usually you just see it going to strikers. Um, but I think this was a month when there wasn't one particular attacking player who scored so many goals. Um, Salah was nominated for a player of the month, but he ended up going to Matip. And congratulations to him. Um, also, there's the issue with Salah and his contract talks with Liverpool kind of dragging out yeah. a bit longer than what you might have expected. Yeah, it's um, getting sticky. It's getting really sticky at the moment.
2: And it's a bit of a he says he um he says like they're just like yeah it's really interesting at the moment. Mm. So, like, the 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 the, um, the Liverpool kind of putting out little murmurings and then Salah's agents coming out saying we've made it straightforward. So. It's kind of a bit of like the Sterling situation when Sterling and their agent were kind of against each other,
0: you know. Can anyone yeah, I, see Salah actually leave Liverpool? Nah.
1: I, I don't know, you know. I tell you the reason why. There's because there's some news that's kind of come out recently about like PSG about to lose Mbappe, right? So if you lose Mbappe, potentially, depending on what that deal looks like, because even though you meant go on a free. That stills gonna leave it a lot, a lot of wages, and then there's gonna be the requirement for a marquee signing. Now does could Salah think I could go there and deliver what hasn't been delivered by the likes of Neymar, Mbappe, and even Messi this season in terms of maybe like Champions League glory? Who knows? And remember, if they're gonna be willing to pay the pay the bag for him, that might be the key thing because as far as I'm concerned, you've got to pay Salah big big money. And I know, and I know, I know the market is skewed by what Man City can kind of pay, and even what 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 Man United can kind of pay. But Liverpool have to realize. And I know he's approaching like 29 twenty nine thirty. He is just, he is just, clapping goals for them. Yeah. Like you take his goals away, like what are they really doing? So,
0: well, here's the thing. Do you think? With Liverpool bringing in Diaz, could he not be a hedge against the contract talks not working out with Mo Salah? So they're in a position where they can say, look, we're going to offer you this amount. And if you don't want it, then we're just going to sell you in the summer. You know, you're coming to 30 years old. How many more years are we going to get out of you? Maybe now would be a good time to cash in. And we've got Diaz as a ready-made replacement.
1: That sounds great on paper, but Diaz is... Diaz has a long way to go to be to do what Mo Salah has done in in some of his worst seasons. Yeah. Let let alone when he scores 31 goals in his first season, or when he's on course to, to break that record this season. So it's a it's a massive gamble. You go for what's certified, right? And I think
2: he's only got a record now, like five seasons in a row, scoring 20
1: plus 20 goals. plus goals. 20 plus goals, legal. And and the funniest thing is the way he is, the way he looks after himself. Yeah, We can definitely see this guy for at least another four years.
2: I, I don't see him at PSG, though. I, I think he just wants the Real Madrid or even Barcelona. But I think he wants the Real Madrid.
1: Real Madrid could then pick up him and they could pick up Mbappe. <laughs>
2: would Ooh, it, would
1: it work, though? No, but hold on. Would it work having both of them?
0: Mbappe normally drifts out into the left, doesn't he? And Salah obviously no, so starts I think, right and drifts inside. So
1: what I mean by that is it's not just it's not their starting positions; it's the team dynamic. So Mbappe doesn't do too much going backwards. We know that Liverpool's Achilles' heel has been that right-hand channel, hence why Henderson goes over there. Hence why whoever the right side of centre back is tends to do a bit more work than the other side of the pitch. If you had those two you have to really sort out a functional formation that would allow them to stay high up the pitch and make sure that the other 8 players are covering the the the, the work that they're neglecting to do obviously well, it's a great, it's a great it's a great problem to have but is is two of them too much
0: it's a good question i think uh you know looking at the way that ancelotti handled psg's threat in the week i would say if anyone can ancelotti can
2: yeah and I think that's, you've got to remember, Real Madrid's whole thing is galactico. Like they want all the best. And I think they're in the position have to have, what four best strikers, mm. four top strikers in Europe, Amazing. they can do that.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Oh, well, you guys have got me salivating. But let's 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 crack on with our our Premier League review. Um, so that was Brighton nil, Liverpool two goals from Salah and Matip, and we are on to Brentford two, Burnley nothing. Not the most glamorous game when you look at the names of the teams. However, it is fantastic to see Christian Eriksen playing football again and doing what he does best. I'm sure you agree, Adrian. Yeah,
2: most definitely. That, that assist for Tony, Ivan Tony, was quality. And it, it's just nice to see that actually not all teams are cutting off professionals down when they've had a medical issue and they've given him another chance because he's proved that he's fit enough to play again. Um, and just seeing that quality in and around the Premier League again, it's is, is a joy to watch.
0: It um, most definitely is. Um, I, I like Thomas Frank. I think he's a good manager. Um, I do think that Burnley are... They're in a bit of trouble right now. And Brentford are looking like they're coming out with the goals of Tony and the creativity of Ericsson are looking like those are going to be the catalyst to propel Brentford out of this relegation scrap. Um I, I, I do. I do have a little, uh, a little vested interest in Tony because uh, listeners might remember me and Ash going back and forth on how good of a player Ivan Tony is. I was backing him, saying, oh, "I rate him and I think he's a good player." Ash was saying, "Not so much. He's got eleven goals now." Ash, you know, what I think we were saying Did, that it, was the benchmark, right? I, if he, if player comes top top up, that if a player no, comes up on, the hold the hold hold on, hold and hold scores ten I, goals, then no. <laughs> we were on. comparing it to Puky. Do you remember?
1: Yeah, no, hold on. I didn't say I didn't say he wasn't good. I just said that for 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 what we expect of him, for him to only have scored six goals in that time is isn't good enough. Obviously, in the last week, he scored five of those goals. So I can't sit here and like say, "Oh my god, but he's he scored two against Norwich and two against Burnley." Now, to be fair, no, to be fair, they're they like they're direct rivals. So these are really important points. So I'm not going to take anything away from him. And I'm saying next year, I think he'll be better. But there has been a stage where there was a lot of promise, a lot of kind of like bluster around him. And he failed to live up to maybe the standards that he wanted to do. But now he seems to have got kind of like hit his rhythm again and fair play to him. Because if he ends the season with 15 goals, no one's going to remember that he, he only scored two goals in in, in 14 games.
2: I think, but for enough. me, this, what I was going to say as well, I think what I like about Brentford is they're brave. They, you, you got to remember they, they scrapped their youth academy and went with a totally different project and they saw a gap that we're not create enough chances let's get Ericsson they took the gamble and now yeah
1: yeah up. it's worked out still
2: it's worked out and I think they're, they're going to be even braver next season I think you're going to see another level to them next season they're going to stay in the Prem and I think they're going to add a couple of new additions that we we're not expecting them to add but that's going to bring the quality and stability to the team that's going to help them stay in the Prem again one more season and then build on from there
0: Shout-out to Brentford. On to Manchester United versus Spurs. That one was undoubtedly the biggest game of the weekend. Huge match. Manchester United versus Tottenham. I don't know why, but as a neutral... Although I don't know how neutral an Arsenal fan can be whenever Spurs is playing. But as a neutral, I just really like that fixture. I think there's there's been some cracking games between the two in the past. And this one didn't disappoint. Five goals, Man United three, Tottenham two. Talk to me, Ash. How good was this?
1: No, it's mad about this, yeah. It, it, it proves my point that I've been making all season. But it also annoys the hell out of me because it's now going to allow a lot of people who are, Man- who, are, who are Ronaldo fans to just gasp beyond all belief. First things first, what a stunning hat-trick. Like, credit where it's due. The first goal was, like, old-school Ronaldo. I love the second goal, actually, just that hunger to get there and that finish. And obviously, like, we know how phenomenal he is in the, in, in the air. So that's it. But then also, I said in the group that, that me and Adrian are in, Spurs just being Spurs. Spurs yeah. just being Spurs. And United have always said, come on, guys, it's Spurs. Do you remember when that, that famous game when I think the Spurs were like 3-0 up? And I said yeah. to them, like, it's Spurs. I ended up pumping them up 5-3. Like, yeah, Spurs yeah, yeah. just do this thing. Even going into this game, I actually thought Spurs were going to win. I said, "You know what? United are dead. No Spurs way. have won a couple of games. They they wrapped up Everton five 0 They scored four against Leeds. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of I think Spurs are going to do something. Boom! Ronaldo shows up, and this is just this is just this is just typical, typical, typical Spurs. United have your like had that moment like a sick and. I know a lot of people people are going to use this hat-trick to mask a lot of what's been going on for that team as well. But I think it does speak into my wider point of what I said is you can't really get the best out of Ronaldo when Bruno Fernandes is on the pitch. And I think what we saw today is there was no Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo was kind of occupying certain areas and picking the ball up where there was no traffic. There wasn't like Bruno trying to make similar runs or trying to kind of like hold the ball a bit too long and stuff like that. Whereas Bruno as well, his best games came when Ronaldo wasn't actually on the pitch as well. So what you'll find is you've got two of these great Portuguese players in their own rights. But they don't, they, don't, they don't have the synergy to really work together very, very well. Ronaldo's had some of his best performances when Bruno hasn't been there. So likewise, Bruno when Ronaldo hasn't been there. There's been a couple of performances where they both played OK, but... It'll be very interesting to kind of see how quickly Ralf Ragnar brings Fernandez back in. If they got the success that they kind of got with the formation that they played, which was I think was Matip. It was they basically made a 4-3-3 and they played Matip, um, Fred and Pogba. And then they had Rashford, Sancho and Ronaldo as a front three. Obviously, when you play Fernandes, you can't really play a a flat three. You have to play a double pivot and then play him as a 10. So it's a very, very interesting tactical um, decision that he's going to have to make moving forward.
0: Certainly is. I also think another factor might be the placement of Paul Pogba. And maybe bringing in Matic to play in defensive midfield allows Pogba to play a bit further up the pitch. And this is what you get. You get a hat-trick from Ronaldo and the team playing well.
1: Well, Pogba's best position is is in the three. But like when it's not necessarily kind of like when it's not just, okay, there's two people sitting and he's a 10. It's just he can just be an eight. So, as a result, when you have Bruno Fernandes in the team, it's very, very rare that Pogba can really be that eight. So, he tends to be a six if he plays in the two, or he has to play wide right. With no Fernandes, Pogba plays as the eight, and then you pay the, the actual three forward and United win a game that maybe I don't think they would win if Fernandes plays. But, yeah, who knows? Who knows?
0: Adrian, I know um, we, we had... Well, you guys had a little football banter before the podcast kicked off, so I know you like to play football. Um, I'm not sure what position you do play in, but how would you feel about playing against Harry Maguire on the current form that he's in?
2: <laughs> I'm very confident, very confident. Um, you know what, I think, I look at Harry Maguire and, I just, and all that stands out to me every time I look at him now is what Paul Merson called out when he first signed for United. Um, his positioning the ability to um, uh, anticipate danger, he's not there, Um, he's not shuffling his feet quick enough, like that on goal he scored, he he never shuffled his feet quick enough to get in that position to clear it. So then you're stretching. Um, But those are basic, for the amount they paid for him, those are basic positions that you should be taking up. You know, those are basic positions you you should be taking up. Um, And that should be his first thought, get to that near post to cover it, and he's not doing that. Um, often too slow, so yeah, I'll be confident against Maguire playing the ball behind him. I'm, I'm center mid, I play center mid, so playing the ball behind him, I, I feel very confident or playing around him. So, yeah, well, on a serious though I don't know. I looked, I, I, I had no faith in Tottenham whatsoever, actually. Um, their squad is a very bad squad, very unbalanced. Um, your guy's not there makes him even more unbalanced, which is the Mela that's Ashley's door he loves Lamella
1: shut um, your mouth you <laughs> little chief you know what I've been, I've been nice to you I'll rub you out bro I'll actually <laughs> up, don't do that don't, Ashley Ashley Ashley's don't, just, do, that. Chatting don't
2: Lamella. do that but honestly honestly the, honestly the, um, the, the squad's on balance like dyer, when they're saying Dyer's your best centre back and they, they're looking for Dyer to bring them up dyer has been woeful for the last three seasons he he's shouldn't be in that year. team anymore he's been a rat this year though to be yeah, but he's not good enough. He's yeah, no, I, doubt, not about, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt yeah, that. like, being all right this year, he's still, he's still not been good enough for the first three seasons. So mm-hmm. they've got unbalanced back line. No one in centre midfield that can carry the ball. Harry Winks, he can pass the ball, but nothing with it. He doesn't penetrate the opposition. So they're so unbalanced in that team. Um, that new signing, the Swedish guy that they signed... Yeah, Kulisinski... Um, he looks tasty, he does look good, but I don't know if that's because you just come into the league and you're you're really confident at the moment. We've got to see what you look like outside of that. So apart from Harry Kane and Son, they've got nothing else. Larice is not good enough as a goalkeeper anymore. Yeah, I so I, I I think United that that was it's gonna go United's way that game, or it was gonna be a draw. I was hoping for a draw to be fair. Um but as you saw, Ronaldo turned up and set the world alight yesterday. So yeah.
0: Big problems for Conte at Spurs. Um, and on to our Sunday matches. Chelsea 1, Newcastle 0. Um, not the biggest scoreline, but a lot going on in that match there. Um, let's stick with Adrian. What are your thoughts on Chelsea's situation? Because this is something that I don't think we've ever seen. Well, not certainly myself since I've been watching football. Um but what's your opinion on what's happening with Chelsea, with the sanctions being held out and now potentially a new ma- a new owner coming in and everything being up in the air?
2: You know what, I'll be honest, I think the sanctions that
0: have been put in place, some of it are quite
2: extreme and unfair and, and some of it is impacting on actually the, the, the um employees, you know. You got to remember, some of them don't do the stewardship. Some of them don't work in the shop. Some of them don't work the canteen or certain areas of that um of Chelsea Football Club. They don't get paid for some of them. You know, freezing their accounts and etc. Like it's been excessive, and we've got to look deeper into this situation of actually, like, how much involvement does Abramovich have with Putin? But then, as a, as a country, you can't just say, all right, we're going to sanction Chelsea because of um Abramovich, because there's other clubs around, like the Newcastle owners. You know, and there's other sponsorship that's involved with the Premier League. That if you look at what's going on between Israel and Palestine, they're not sanctioning them. They're not saying they can't sponsor the league no more. So I think if you started to do this, you got to take this moral high ground everywhere. and start taking out everyone and sanctioning every club for whatever involvement they're in. You know, and they're not going to do that. So it doesn't. Yeah. I, for me, it doesn't look good for the Premier League, or for the country, the government, and it doesn't look good for the Premier League.
1: Can I jump in on that as well? Um, I want to talk about something that we spoke about last podcast that I didn't really pick up on. Um, the hypocrisy of everyone standing and being united on a political matter such as Russia and Ukraine, but then the treatment that Mezzo Erzo got for his um, comments about the, the Muslims in China, um, all the other atrocities that have taken place in the world and people, um, when, they've raised their, when they've raised their shirts and had like certain messages for certain things being kind of reprimanded for that as well. Um, I didn't mean, I forgot to mention it in the last pod, but I just think the inconsistency between this is really, really, really telling. And I think it's just really, really, I think Adrian makes a great point in that. We're now, s- I'm not saying that, that we shouldn't stand with the Ukraine. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But I do think there should be a little bit more compassion to all things that are taking place and not just the things of people, of things that look like the people in this country. Because some of the some of the some of the um, rhetoric that's kind of coming out of it is because it's Ukraine and because it's this and because you know like um, it's in a civilized world, it's not in the third world, it's in it's in it's in um, it's in the first world, and as a result, we all have to be like going to action. No, we should be going to action for every single atrocity that's possible because everyone needs support and everyone needs guidance to be able to move forward with this.
0: Well said there, Ash. Um, On the topic of sanctions that um, Adrian was so uh, passionately talking about, I've got an article here from the Telegraph which has a a fantastic report on exactly what's happening to Chelsea. Um, I'll just give you a quick, brief overview of some bullet points they've got here. Um, So they talk about as a result of the sanctions, uh, a club sale can only go through if the government grants permission. And there's loads of other key points, which include Chelsea being under a transfer embargo with new loans and permanent deals being banned, Uh, broadcast and prize money is being frozen, merchandise and sales can continue, but the money can't go to Chelsea. Um, the club is being limited to £20,000 travel expenses per match, which is interesting because I don't know what it was before, but for a club with multi-million pound footballers in it, I would have thought £20,000 expenses might actually be a bit tight for them. Um and there's a limit to £500,000 on security, stewarding and catering. Again, who knows what it was before? That that could also be another huge reduction for them. These guys might have to start doing pot noodles and stuff like that. Um, no new ticket sales. Season ticket holders and existing ticket holders only. Um, and no stadium work or redevelopment. So it's it's huge. The sanctions are as... Adrian rightly pointed out, are huge and they seem really unfair for something which, you know, people at the club, just, they're not connected to any activities that the owner has been doing. So it seems harsh, but it is what it is, they've got to deal with it. There's um, there's a few articles that I'll include in the notes for today. Um, some brilliant work from Sky Sports uh, and the BBC uh, talking about potential owners coming in. Um, Peter Cech has come forward and made a statement, talked about Thomas Tuchel's future and the future of the players. You know, he's been quite open and said pretty much how it is what it is in this situation. Nobody really knows. Like, he he can say one thing today, but then tomorrow everything could change. Uh, He thinks that everyone's going to be okay, but like he says, everything could change. It could be a thing where he's just trying to put some calm and get some order going into place when everyone's uncertain about their future but maybe he knows that there's problems lying ahead I mean it is a huge situation I'm just actually quite happy that they managed to get a performance because with this kind of thing going on you can imagine the players must all be worried and you'd think maybe when they go out on the pitch they've got these things in the back of their mind where they may be worried about their pay getting frozen not being able to make their mortgage payments and things they've got going on in their lives. <sighs> um, but to try and end on a positive note, it wasn't actually a battering. You know, Newcastle were competitive. They did quite well. Um, and Eddie Howe picks up a ward, didn't he, Ash?
1: Yeah, manager of the month. Well deserved. I think we actually um, spoke about it beforehand and we actually allowed them to kind of just hit see that, like, we've we done a real breakdown of their form going into... Um, going into these couple of games, so yeah, thoroughly deserved. I think he has. I think that. Listen, Liverpool have won seven games in a row. They're they're playing exceptionally well, but Liverpool have arguably some of the best players in the league, the league seen in the last ten, fifteen years. Newcastle don't. Newcastle playing in at centre midfield, like, and 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 they're winning like seven or eight games, um, out, seven seven out of eight games and runs like that. So yeah, big shout out to him. He's worked out a system. Remember, Chris Wood was fair, even fair, He looks
0: more effective in centre midfield than he looked up front. Oh, big facts. <laughs> nah, no, he's,
1: he's doing all right, yeah. no, but that's what I'm saying. It's just like he's really come in there and just use what he's got because he didn't really, they didn't really spend crazy. Do you remember like when Newcastle first popped up with this news? Everyone was like, "Are oh, they gonna buy bare guys?" Like they bought what? Grealmars. They bought Trippier. They bought Wood. They got Target in on loan. Dan Byrne? And they bought Dan well. Burn. So they bought like five players, right? But even then, they've kind of drip fed Guimaraes into the team. Chris Wood's been playing, but hasn't been scoring. Trippier played two games but got injured. Target has played and been in and out of the team because of like he couldn't play against Newcastle, um, Aston Villa because of because he was like um in, in, ineligible. So the team hasn't really settled, but what he has done, is he's he's really like, reinvigorated a number of existing players that were there. So Ryan Fraser um, is a player who I don't mind. He's 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 got into, into some decent form. You've got John Joe Shelby. He's playing quite well in there. Um, like you said, Joe Linton is doing all right. The Bravka's back in goal and he's he's playing all right as well. And Fabian Shaw is doing really well. Like obviously, like Jamal Lasells is the club captain when he's fit, I don't even think he gets into the team to be fair because I think he's going to be like Sharon, I think he's going to be Sharon um, and Dan Burn as a centre-back pairing. So, yeah, well done. Well, and team.
2: I was going to say, I was going to touch on to that. I think what he's done really well is man, man- management because he's mm. got Joe Willett looking tasty again. I was like, well, like mm. Joe Willett's box to box. He's looking tasty. Trippier, you don't even look like you miss Trippier at all. Like, you thought mm. everyone was going to be that like, pinned on Trippier. He's been out of mm. the team and they look absolutely fine without him. Um, mm. So he's really interested in What he's done, the little projects he's created by putting Joe Linton centre mid, getting um Ryan Fraser going again. Uh, he's running again. Like he looks, he looks, he looks tasty. And you got to remember, he's still dealing with Saint Maximum not being fully fit. No Callum Wilson. So he's done a really good job there to steady the ship and make sure they stay in the prem. So yeah, now hats off to them. And not just going out and buying anyone like Everton done. That's what. Remember when Everton got the money?
1: They, yeah, he yeah. Five yeah. mil
2: on a Wobi. And how much did this pay for Theo Walcott? Yeah, really,
1: stupid, stupid
2: they, money. They went, and they said, you know what? Let's just get ones that's gonna help us stay up, and then we we'll, we start for next season, and and that's what they've done really well. So hats off to Howe and the director.
1: Yeah, no fair dues.
0: Most absolutely, definitely. Um, another game that happened this weekend was Everton versus Wolves. That one ended Everton nil, Wolves one. You get a chance to see some of that on a wash?
1: I didn't. I was playing ball today, so I don't know too much. I haven't seen too much. Has been happening, but Everton. I always said their home games, their home form was what I was going to be telling. But if they're losing to Wolves, they've got new. They've got um, Newcastle in the week. Everton are in bundles of trouble, but bundles of trouble. Like away from home, cool, I get it, but. I never thought they would not be able to achieve certain results at home and if Everton go down and especially with Lampard as the manager off the back of having Benitez as the manager
0: mad team So Ash and I spoke about this before Adrian, let's get your opinion on Frank Lampard do you think he was a good choice for Everton manager job?
2: No and I think think what's happened I think he just, it's more of his name. He hasn't, he's done enough at Chelsea, but then that's you working with the best of the best in it. Like, you, you've got the creme de la creme to, to a degree. Then Derby again, he had quite a very strong squad before they got sanctioned and etc. And, being in a relegation battle where morale's low in the squad, it's a very different feel. So, you needed a, um experienced manager to get you through. And I don't think he's the guy. And I think some of the, again, some of the signings, it weren't going to help the cause. Like, Nelly Alley it's a risky one. Um, Van der Beek, another risky one. And I think they needed a, more so, they needed a goal scorer in their team. They haven't got any goal scorer. Waiting on um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin to come back. Yeah, I
1: think he's done this season, you know. I don't he's think gonna he's going to be able to get any kind of rhythm up this season. I think he's done.
2: I, th- I think Richarlison's kind of, I, th- I think he's not, his head's not there. Um, so they need more forward players and they haven't got that. I don't think the midfield was too... I think defensive forward was what they needed to fix. Um, and and they haven't resolved that issue.
1: They've got some good midfielders, you know. Alan, Gomez, Decore. Like, they've got some real good talent in the middle of the parks. And then they've got... Like, Van Der cool. Then you've got Ali. Yeah, you're right, bro. They didn't need to... De- the last thing they needed to do was get, like, central midfield players or, like... That area sorted. They really needed to reinforce in other areas. So, I 100% like rate that. That was a very good point from me for once.
0: <laughs> um, on to our next match. <laughs> We've got Leeds two, one Norwich. Since you're making uh, so many very good points, uh, Adrian, let's see if you can do them back to back. Two consecutive good points.
1: Leeds. don't know, let's not know no. Let's not. Let's not. One. Let's not expect too much from him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Leeds hey, take take it away, Adrian.
2: You know what, I'll be honest, I was out with the kids today, um football and then a birthday party. But the result don't surprise me. Is two championship sides, Leeds have just got that little bit better quality um than Norwich. They've got a couple goal scorers in their team. Leeds are gonna like when Leeds go down, if they go down, but Rafina is a player that you know he's the one that's been keeping him going as much as possible. And who else have we got? have got a couple. Um, is it Harrison, the winger that leads mm, yeah. from uh, Man City?
1: Yeah, I reckon he'll stay in the championship for one. He season.
2: will stay in the championship, but he's, he's better quality awesome. than what Norwich has got. You know,
1: I, I think so, Br- Bamford would go, Phillips yeah. will go, Rafinha will go, Dan James will probably try and nick a move somewhere. Uh, who else could go? The keeper might go Meliè. I think yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they like Meliè. Um, I think that's it really. I think that's it.
2: Yeah, and I think that's what was telling the quality overall is what got the result today. Because if they had Bamford, Calvin Phillips, I think that would have been a four-one.
1: Yeah, Bamford started. Know. Bamford started, but it's his first yeah, first start first start in yeah, in like yeah, four yeah. months.
2: But a fully fit Bamford, a yeah, Calvin Phillips, a I think that's a different story. I think you know. Norwich would have been seeing four goals that game, you know. Yeah.
0: So. Well, yeah, it's nice to see Leeds get a win. Um, so, trying to rebuild after Bielsa. Um, the new coach, he seems like um, quite a likable guy. Um, I've seen him do a couple of interviews and he seems to be someone who wants to inspire good performances from his team and I think he's got that against Norwich. So, the shout out to Leeds. Um, we've got Southampton 1, Watford 2, um, thoughts on this one Ash I know you guys haven't Had a chance to watch A lot of these games I didn't myself But uh, just any thoughts On Southampton 1 versus Southampton, Watford,
1: joke two? Like they do this thing They'll like, go on a good run And then they just Completely chuck Four or five games In a row Like it's why I can't really rate Like Hassan Hood All Because They were doing so So well That like, they drew a city They were on a nice run And now they've just Literally thrown Thrown four games four games I think they drew they drew they drew with United I think was it Chelsea they ruffled they were on a very good run of fixtures and now they're just just, just giving up these 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 simple games like it's just it's really really annoying um, Watford needed that I being? mean don't
0: you think that you know with um yeah, with Big Roy coming in, um, maybe the, the Watford player is a bit more galvanised and this, uh, you know, when a new manager comes in, sometimes he finds players that were out of favour and they start thinking, oh, I could get back in the team because I've got a new manager. Bro, bro, and bro, bro, this, got this, this Chucho guy seems to have emerged as one of those players that is, you know, in the new manager's uh, thoughts. Bro, they got wrapped four 0 by Wolves just the other day.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> this, 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 this team ain't at it. Like this team, they're a very like Watford are a very, very, very poor football team. Like let's not, let's not, let's not beat around the bush in it. Like I'm even going to find their results right now. Like they haven't won in ages. Like so, for instance, they drew. Okay, they drew nil nil with United. That was their last positive result. They got like a really random um win against Villa. But they've just been getting battered. Like they got beat by Norwich, didn't beat Newcastle. Just so many results are just poor for them. So nah, like they're just this new manager bounce just didn't happen. Remember, this is like their third manager of the season, bro. Like how many new manager bounce is not. Get me like this, this. this is mad. So nah, it, to me, I'm putting this more down to the failings of Southampton than I am to the to the achievement of Watford.
0: Well, 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 uh, not too many fixtures left to go, um, but let's move on. West Ham 2-1, Aston Villa. Adrian, talk to me. Did you expect Villa to do better against West Ham than they did? You know what? I did, you know. I thought that might have been a,
2: a win to um, Villa. I just think they're informed. You've got Coutinho Ramsey. Oli's looking like he's getting back to himself again. I was a bit shocked and I think West Ham are a bit on their last legs. I think they've just played a lot of games and the squad's so small so I was very surprised that it was 2-1 to West Ham.
0: Have you put Coutinho in your FPL team?
2: I definitely. Definitely. <laughs> but I made a mistake. You know what I've done? I didn't captain him the um the week before so I missed out on some captain points there.
1: Um, See? That's the typical decision making
0: that we normally get from Adrian <laughs> Um Well, I, I must admit I had Ramsey in my team last week. Um, but I had the free hit, so he came out of the team and he didn't score last week, but he scores this week, doesn't he? Great. He's
2: in my team this week, though. He's in my team, so yeah, I got some points for him for today. So yeah, definitely. Nice. I nice. know oh, I'm not buying Nando, so that's the main thing. Uh,
0: a nice little emotional response from Yamalenko after scoring. Um, nice to see West Ham getting a win at my local club where I am right here in East London. Um, and um, and I think, you know, worst Ham are a team that I kind of thought would be doing a little bit better than what they've done in, in recent times, they've got like three defeats on the bounce, sandwiched in between two wins. So I'm hoping they've turned the corner and they can do it better, but I don't want them to do too well because they're still kind of rivaling Arsenal for that top four place. So, you know, we are be all right. Maybe about sixth is where they should be at, to be fair. Um... Moving on to the main event, Arsenal 2-0, Leicester. Absolutely fantastic performance from the Gunners. I'm not going to speak too much on this one, although I could talk about this all day, because we've got two Gunners on the podcast. Ash, talk to me. Great win.
1: Um, Yeah, Uh, I was listening to the game on the radio coming back from football, and... They spoke, saying that Ndidi wasn't playing, Tinas wasn't playing. Um, and it seems like people feel they've rested players for their European game, which is great stuff. Like, do you get what I'm saying? But, um knife was a really, it was just a supremely comfortable 2-0 win. Like, it should have been more. And we're now getting to the point where, I think for a couple of years, we weren't ever too sure what was going to happen. Like, Leicester given us a couple of like bloody noses. Vardy scored last season to beat us during that horrific run where I think Arteta should have been sacked, if I'm honest. Um, and I spoke quite quite um, openly about that. So it's weird. A win like this almost shows just the full distance that's been travelled underneath the team. Last year it was 1-0. Just a real malaise. Just wasn't like doing enough. And now it's become a very controlled 2-0 win Where you expect us to win at home Should have been more And that's now what 9 wins out of the last um, 11 yes. There's nothing I can say Like it's just real easy to be an Arsenal fan at the moment
0: 9 out of 11 that is, that is title winning form That is It's
1: top 4 four.
0: <laughs> is, is that is that what you would call it, Adrian? Is this top no. four form that Arsenal and your guy Arteta are in right now?
2: You know what? It's got. A, I've got to say, we're building towards title winning form. Definitely, we can't say it's title winning form because we're not in the runnings at this moment in time. However, it's just now it's just picking off the Chelsea, and that's what I'm quite concerned about is that Chelsea game because they're hitting form a bit, but this little sanction thing might destabilise him in some way but no like, I watched the game today um, we managed it and you know it was good there was a point where um, Leicester had control of the game and we just stuck to our positions saw right at that phase of play and then started hitting them back again I started hitting them on the counter when we could and started threatening their goal again and that's what's different before we used to buckle under that pressure when another team had control of the possession we would buckle and make rash decisions now we're holding a tight line holding our shape pressing at the right time and that's making a difference you can see the work that Arteta's done with the back line with the midfield and their shape and actually when, we, when we're not when we're not um, in possession we're going to a 4-4-2 you notice that we drop into a 4-4-2 position and a formation to start pressing them at the right time so yeah it's a really really good watch at this moment in time and the last game I went to was the the Wolves game And the energy in the the stadium right now, you can feel there's a shift in energy. The fans are starting to believe something's changing, something good's coming. It it might not be Arteta that sees it through, but he's building the foundation now, definitely.
0: Glowing reviews from Arsenal fans. I, I love to hear it. I do love to hear it. I do love to see Lacazette on the score sheet because I don't think that... It doesn't he <laughs> doesn't have he, he gets the credit for the perform Like, his performances enable the other players around him. The reason we get goals from midfield is because Lacazette is holding on to the ball, doing these lovely little touches and little flicks and playing the midfielders in for them to get, you know, to get their goals. Um, or like even like just being involved like in with, move with, sometimes. With Firmino. Well... You,
2: He's,
0: he's, right, he's in that kind of
2: ballpark now, isn't he? Yeah, but you know what? I think we're moving away from that. I think Arteta's just saying, all right, this is what we have to do this season to get us through. Um, and you look at the striker that he tried to sign. I can't say his name, so I'm not going to try and say it online. Um, the, right, the one right that right we've right, So he's trying to solve that problem. But then at the same time, Lacazette's um, like got seven assists. So it is helping the <laughs> midfield. It, and we're we're you know, creating so many more chances with him, but we just need younger legs now.
0: Um, I think we'll definitely see something happen in the summer. Um, I saw Eddie and Ketia come off the bench late in the game, um, as well as Pepe, Pepe being the most expensive super sub of all time. Um, What do you guys think is going to happen there? Do you think maybe in the summer we might see some movement? Because, you know, there isn't any talk about Nketia and his contract. I haven't heard any talk about Nketia's contract being... Even still negotiated in a while, so I think it might be a situation where talks have broken down, and Kecia is going to leave. We've we heard that um, Lacazette will be leaving. Uh, I don't know. Is Pepe's featuring that? What were your thoughts, or do you think maybe we should do whatever we can to try and keep this team together since they're playing so well?
2: I think I, I think that in um, Kecia's situation, I think Arsenal looked at it and saying even if he goes for free, we're going to get some compensation because he's come through the youth setup. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's my understanding of the situation So we'll get some sort of financial compensation for Nketiah. Um Lacazette, like I, I think we might be able to turn Lacazette around, you know I think we might be able to keep him I think he's buying into the project of getting us to the next stage um, I think we might be able to turn him But I would like to see Pepe as a nine I'd like to see him playing down the middle I think he could give us something different um, I don't see Pepe going and I think the price tag just does him harm. Because actually, £72 million, that is worth. And I think that's based on us getting into the Champions League, securing uh, a number of titles or whatever it may be, that yeah, it goes up to £72 mil, But it is what it is. That's the price tag. So That's the only criticism I have of Arteta, though. I don't think he uses um, the subs well. He makes substitutions well late in the game. And I think that allows a lot of injuries. I think we keep seeing Saka pull up quite a few times. Emil Smith-Rowe. So now that we're seeing Emil getting 15, 20 minutes, and I think if you subbed him a lot better and used the subs a lot better, I think we'll have a lot less injuries than what we have had over on um, this season.
1: In terms, of, in terms of the squad, I think if you get the champion, if you get Champions League football, this squad is nowhere near good enough for Champions League football. But that's because we have been out of it for so long, so yeah. it then becomes part of like the project of what you need to be able to do. You're able to, you're able to attract a better quality of player. But at the same time, you're also able to keep your main players as well. So someone like Saka doesn't need to look elsewhere for Champions League football because he's got it and he's earned it. So I think I think a number of I think there's a number of positions that are under threat. The biggest is is centre forward. I believe that. I believe the second the second most important position under threat will be central midfield, because um, yeah. I believe I believe Jacquard may not necessarily be 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 warranted there. Um, I'm really interested to find out what's going to happen with Saliba when he comes back because I think pound for pound he's a better centre-back than White even though White's been doing well for the last few months um, and I don't know whether we try to in- ensure that like he gets games, White gets games, Gabriel gets games all of those kinds of things Ramsdale has probably been one of the biggest shocks yeah. I've, I've had in a long time like I've got to hold my hands up I thought he was absolutely trash um, but he's proven me proving me to be really wrong um, and then yeah but then, but then I also think you you then touched on a point as well so if I'm honest and this may sound really like controversial I think we need another winger I think we need a, a like Martinelli's did a great job like yeah he's done good Saka Saka so I'm not saying that but if we could get a proper, like, another really good winger, then I think that really benefits us because I think Pepe Pepe isn't it for me, if I'm honest. Um, so
0: what, what side would you want your winger
1: on? Or do you want someone that can play both sides? Someone that can play both. I think someone that can play both, if I'm honest. Um, I think the more pressing need is for a left winger than a right winger, because I think Saka's got that position locked. I think between Smith Rowe, between um, Martinelli, we can kind of get some play out of them. And but I feel like you could, if you get another winger, that'd be great. But I think if if you said to me you have to buy two players, it's a central midfielder and it's a striker, with the striker being the first person who I want us to buy.
0: I'll definitely agree with going for a striker. Um, Interesting that you mentioned a winger uh, because. The last fixture of this weekend's matches is going to be Crystal Palace versus Man City. Um, well, technically, because it's Monday, it's not really the weekend anymore, but you know what I mean. Um, and someone who plays in that fixture is going to be Elise. And mm. Elise, uh, Sky Sports have done an absolutely fantastic article on this lad and how he's been performing so far. I think he's pretty much blown everyone away who's been watching Crystal Palace. Um, and um, if only you guys could all see this, this article is fantastic. They've looked at his price tag. You know, they bought him for eight million. I had no idea they got him for so cheap. Yeah, from Reading, um, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's only 20 years old. I actually thought he was French, but apparently he's in this kind of situation where he can play he's like multinational he can play for various england. different teams because of his uh his heritage Alger-
1: algeria france.
0: there you go so he's played for france in the kind of i think it's the under 18s it says here um mm. but he you know he is eligible to play for, for the mm. the full national team for england for france for nigeria or he can go wherever he wants to go um would you guys welcome the signing of michael Elise to arsenal Oh, definitely
2: I think I've been watching him um through highlights through certain live games, and I'm just like his his maturity and his um uh, maturity and understanding of the game is incredible and some of the, the, the his vision what he's seeing out there and what he's doing I'm just like wow this this kid like, what what um Crystal Palace has done with some of their scouting and signings it's been very good they've they've picked up some young talent that are going to be very good in two three four years time. I'd sell them on for a good profit. So he's either to keep them and move up the table or sell them and then invest, reinvest in the squad again. So he's been incredible. He's been a, a joy to watch. Um, and and the, everyone's forgetting about the other one they got, um, Eze. Yeah,
1: because mm-hmm. he's he uh, he done his Achilles, isn't
2: it? He done his, yeah, but Alisi, yeah. And I spoke to my friend who watched the game live the other day and he said, Adrian, what you've seen him doing off the ball is incredible as well in terms of the spaces that he's picking up and taking up, positions he's taking up in the game. It's, it's having a big impact on, on how they attack and how the opposition move up the pitch as well.
0: Quick run mm-hmm. through some stats here. They've got, um, in terms of his sister in open play, he's ranked fourth in the Premier League. He's ranked fifth with crosses attempted. And these ones might not look so exciting because he's 11th for take ons attempted and 12th for shooting accuracy. But when you think about the fact that most teams kind of play with three forward players um, and, you know, if you look at the top four, that's three, six, nine, 12 players that are really you're expecting to be 12 players or, who are amongst the top 12 in the league. And this guy's ranking in 11th for take-ons attempted and 12th for shooting accuracy, with 56% of his shots going in the back of the net. So I think for a young man of 20 <laughs> years old, he's doing, and he's also got expected assists. Um, he's ranking second in the Premier League with expected assists. I think this kid is absolutely fantastic. He's good to watch when you watch him. He's easy on the eye and the stats actually back up that. He's not just passing the eye test. He's also doing really well on the pitch and getting the numbers, getting the end product.
1: No, I like him. I like him as well. Um, since we're talking about Man City, I need to ask Adrian a question live on air. It's about Raheem Sterling, Adrian.
2: <laughs> 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 it's what we're doing, yeah? I think so. Um, so Adrian, <laughs> back in the day, before I knew you, I think you made a call about Raheem Sterling, didn't you? Wow, I what want to do it, Ash. Here we are. You made a call about Raheem Sterling, and what was that call, bro? I didn't make no call about Raheem Sterling. that he's a big good player. Very really? Short. You and didn't very say good.
1: that. You didn't say his. You didn't say his level was Dalish Hamlet and Dalish Hamlet only.
2: Bro, I don't know who you are getting this information from.
0: <laughs>
2: what are we backtracking for? What moonwalk? <laughs> alright cool we'll
1: we'll, um I'll update the readers next I'll update update the listeners next time when you're not yeah yeah
2: right, let's do this okay you were talking about Elise? I
1: was like wait was that the same energy that you had for Sterling back in the day or (laughs) or or have you learnt from your mistake from last time ah look (laughs) I
2: don't
1: fair news nah Elise is quality man but um I think it's weird because we we've got Elise playing, and if Man City decide to play him, he's gonna be on the same pitch as Riyad Mahrez. And I think what I would say is, um, if there's a player who he should, I'm not saying you should like shape your game around, but I think the type of the type of like fleet-footed, quite like lightweight winger that he is. He's more in a Mahrez mode than, say, like a Salah mode or like an Iron Robin yeah. mode. Does that make sense? So if I was him, I would actually be looking at um, really studying a player like Rian Mahrez to elevate to the next level of the game. Once he's done that, then he can go look at someone else. But if he wants to become a really like top Premier League player, he should go and look at the person who's going to be playing on the, other, like the opposite side of him because he'll learn a lot about what it's going to take for him to, to 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 sustain a good form that he's in at the moment.
0: Absolutely fantastic role model for the lad to have. Um, but he does seem to have that kind of skill. Like, you know, maybe he can do some of the things that Morris can do. And if he keeps going the way he is, woo, you, know, you never know, maybe Mikel Arteta will be listening to this podcast. He'll, he'll hear that Ash wants a winger. Um, maybe he'll think yeah, okay, Olyse, he's got some good numbers, he's doing well. Maybe he'll get on the phone to Patrick and maybe something will happen. You never know. You never know. Uh,
1: it's been fun, though,
0: I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it has been fun. I've absolutely loved having Adrian on as well. Um, Adrian, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to put a crunch tackle in on Ash uh, for the, for the well, new today. Like you can't, you, on can't, on keep you <laughs> can't keep up with me.
2: You can't keep up with me. Ash. <laughs> no, but hold on. Do, to be, oh, damn it, hold on.
1: To be fair, though, I'm not gonna lie. Adrian's a baller, is it? And whenever he's on my team, we actually just like rough, rough teams up in it. So yeah, big love, to destroy. Yeah. Oh, God.
0: Okay. Okay. So wait, is this something like Gilberto and Ronaldinho? Yeah.
1: No. 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 I'd say he is. He's, he's like a. But you know what? Adrian's like a Bernardo Silva. Woo. That's what I. That's what I give him. Oh, thanks, Ash. <laughs> I give him I give him I give him I give him Bernardo Silva
0: Oh he a baller baller.
1: Yeah, he's alright. I'm not gonna lie Okay, I
2: like right, that. I think what the last game we played we was like stayed twelve games on? We was playing yeah,
1: yeah, game. yeah. We was playing fives was and no no 12. team could take us off. Yeah. yeah, so it was two like two and off. off. Yeah, like two and off and we, we just that no team could take us off.
0: Yeah. Awesome, the dynamic you are right there. Well, this has been an absolutely fantastic episode. Loved having you on, Adrian. Hopefully, we'll get you back on sometime oh, soon. Um,
1: I should, I should say, you look like Fabian Delft.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, like, I've been told I look like Boris Coljo If anyone knows who that is, so is, I'll go with that one. Low
1: it, low it, lower it. Cut the pods. Yeah, it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um any any, uh last words you want to sign off with uh adrian you know what just i
2: just go with in arteta i trust again like that's it that's what i'm signing off with i
0: like that i like firmly arteta in over here i like that um ash anything you want to send out um or um, as or as um arteta would say anything you want to transmit
1: jericho um Oh, happy, like, shout out to International Women's Day, which happened earlier on this week. um, um And then looking forward to it. Oh, snap, the next time we record is Mother's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, we need to work something out for that. But yeah, we're all good, man. Like, just everyone stay safe and be kind to one another. And yeah, just, just much love to everyone
0: that's it you know where to get us on the socials at beer at Bants at podcast play on and we will see you next oh sorry, time.
1: sorry 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 there was one thing i was meant to mention um adam's uh, march m- uh, m- marching thing sorry i'm so so sorry one second let me bring it up um so um one of our guys who's been on the pod beforehand his name's adam bear he's doing the march the month for prostate cancer so his goal is to hit 11,000 steps every single day. So far, he's raised £210 and he's done a total of, this was up to the other day. I think I think this needs to be updated as well. So if anyone is interested in supporting Adam's course, please, please, please send a message to our normal um, account on either PlayOnPod on, Play on Pod, our Instagram page or the BRB Instagram page. And yeah, we'll put you in contact with him and how to kind of do that as well so a great cause for a great guy even though he's a Tottenham fan
0: shout out to Adam Bear yeah I, I think he's a really uh a really top guy top man and it's just unfortunate that he supports Tottenham yeah it's cool but we have gone again uh make sure you tell a friend subscribe 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 and next time we record we will see you then peace peace,
2: peace.